with the Works Podcast. And I've got a special treat for you today. And the special treat is I always love getting information and getting feelings from and, and ideas from, from regular Joe fans. Guys or gals that have been following the game and they kind of have that outside feel to it that some of us on the inside maybe don't have. A few years ago, a couple of years ago, I, I, I came across a, a Twitter feed and it's at Papa Bees. And I'll tell you what, sometimes his tweets make my day because he's talking like a regular, uh, a regular person going through life and his tweets are what we think. And what I reached out to Papa Bees and I, I got him on the show. Uh, so we're only going to refer to him as Papa Bees, Little Bees, Mrs. Bees. But we're going to talk to him about handicapping. We're going to talk about his views of the game. And um, I've got him on the line right now. Papa Bees, welcome to the With the Works podcast. Thank you, Bruno. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. I'm absolutely flattered. Well, you know, you have become like a, a like 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 this like this phenom on on Twitter. You've picked up over two thousand uh, over about two thousand uh, followers on uh, on your Twitter account, and I, I just find it to be hilarious uh, the, the the things that you go through, and it's stuff that we all go through. Now, for example, you know, people may be going, "Well, what are they talking about?" Is it true you once lobbied to have your son's communion party at Mammoth Park? Yeah, I've tried to have a couple of family events at uh, racetracks. Um, the, the closest thing, Mrs. Bees actually did throw me my 30th birthday party at the Meadowlands years ago. And um, when we walked in, I was just so excited to be at the track to, to start getting bets. I look over and all of a sudden I see my father my brother, my uncle, and I'm like, what the hell are they doing here? Like, I, I, I want to go stop betting the races. And then, then it finally hit me that that she had a surprise party for me there. That's pretty awesome. You sounds like you got a good deal. And by the sound of your accent, you're from New Jersey. Well, I actually grew up in, in Staten Island. I was born in Brooklyn, grew up in Staten Island, and then uh, moved to Jersey when uh, Little Bees was born about 15 years ago. Well... Nobody's perfect. Anyway, uh, so so you you know you you really enjoy the game. First of all, how did you get into racing? You know, just like everybody else, uh, my parents took me to the track at a young age. Um, I remember being at Aqueduct a few times. It, it's funny because I don't remember too much about the racing from those early days. I remember watching a, a Giants game at Aqueduct. I remember seeing the Concord come in and land at JFK, and um, we, we went to the, the Meadowlands a few times. I, I remember my first bad beat story when I was about 12 years old. There was some horse, some devil horse, that was about 12 to 1, and we were there with my, my brother and my cousin, who's about my age, and my brother and cousin like, hey, we, we want that horse too. And of course, me worried about the extra $4 on that horse were going to depress the odds. I jumped off, and of course, the horse paid $26, and I was a little pissy bitch probably for the rest of the evening that night. So you got off a bet because the other guys bet $4 on it. I will tell you this, Papa. I will tell you this, that when Twitter likes a horse I like, I jump off. 
Uh, so I, I can totally understand. You had the makings of a, of a true gambler with that particular uh, early exploit at the track. Now, as you moved on uh, into, in, in, into racing, um, what were some of your favorite horses? What, do you have any favorite stories from the track that people can kind of relate to? Um, as far as favorite horses go, it, it's going to sound crazy. I, I really liked Left Bank for some reason. You know, when, when he won that Whitney, that, that that was really like an exciting race that, that I remember. So as far as like obscure type horses, that, that's a horse that, that I really, really like. Um, as far as stories from the track, I, I don't know. Miss, Mrs. Bees and I used to, to go to Monmouth all the time. But before kids, those, that was our, our Saturday. We, we would go down to Monmouth early, watch the races, and then uh, on the way home, stop for dinner and, and, and head home. The Saturdays with, with Mrs. Bees at Monmouth are, are some of my best memories. Now, as a horse player, uh, now you have all your life that you're, that, 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 that you're living. You, you're raising a son. You, you, you put together, seems, a lot of furniture on Twitter. No, uh, <laughs> We're going to buy blinds later. I have to hang blinds today. So. Oh, oh my God. That's, that's my know, Sunday. How do you get that in between the 6th and 7th at Gulfstream? Yeah, it's it's funny because my my busy time of the year, it seems like, is I'll, I'll usually play a lot from Breeders' Cup up until now. Now, once once it gets warm out and, and baseball starts, my, my son plays high school baseball, my, my little guy still plays Little League. He plays flag football. On the weekends, it's really very tough for, for me to, to play a lot. I always try to pay attention. Uh, happened to be home yesterday for, for the Arkansas, uh, for the Rebel, the two runnings of the Rebel. But, I, I mean, once the spring and the nice weather starts, it, it, my, my handle definitely takes a hit until I could start sneaking away to, to Monmouth a little bit once they open. Well, you know, all your handle is all about what you take out. However, right? True. Very, very true. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I look at my handle too sometimes, and I go, "Oh, my takeout wasn't bad this week, this month." You know, I don't know, but uh, but let's uh, let's talk about a little bit about your perception of the sport. That's really what I wanted to get into. Being on the outside looking in. First of all, what is your overall general? perception of the sport without this old Sananita mess what's your overall perception I mean like I love the sport I, I've given up on sports gambling I, I really I view myself as, as a weekend warrior with, with the horses I, I really enjoy it because to, to me it's it's a cerebral type game it, it's trying to put the puzzle together to, to, to make that hit and I, I really, really enjoy Days at the Track. Um, I, I personally think it's the best game out there, even though my perception is that it's it's extremely, extremely tough to beat. And, but, and, and that's pretty much true. I, you know, I, I think that's the intrigue that that we all that we all had. Um, my first experience was a girlfriend took me to Del Mar in 1984. And I walked out there. I had $20 in my pocket to gamble. I walked outside to watch a race, and I saw two dark bays, both with small stars coming down the lane head and head together. I was hooked. Um, and the horses is what brought me in. Are the horses what bring you in, or is it the gambling? 
I think it's a little bit of everything. And I was having a discussion last night on, on Twitter, and, and I, I mentioned that feeling when, when you're live in the last leg of a, a pick four, a pick five, I, I guess it could be a double, a pick three, and, and you're live to, to a, a good score, that feeling, that, that, that rush, that drug, if they could bottle that, I mean, that feeling sometimes is, is better than, than the actual money, just, just being live to, to, to a score. Like, there's just no feeling like that. And, and that's that feeling that, that you want to get every time you, you play. Uh, exactly. Uh, I, and, and on the other hand, there's no feeling at all like getting nosed out for a major score. You're waiting for the photo to go up. You know you got beat, and it's that delayed hope that just kills you. Right. Waiting, waiting. All of a sudden, you want to see a replay of somebody had to check on the turn. Hey, are they going to put me up? Are they, are they going to? Are they going to light the sign here? Do, do we have a chance? But but just all those emotions, just there, there's nothing like it. And 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 judging by your Twitter feed, you are a very emotional guy. Uh, <laughs> you seem to talk off the cuff. Um, how did that get started? You know, between your racing and your family life how did you get started with that and and you'd have to admit yourself you never thought it would be the way it is now i don't know i, I think something could be said for not for for being anonymous i mean i have to worry about somebody going to mrs b's or or somebody coming to me hey how could you say that so so nobody knowing who i am i, I really think goes a, a long way there but i i really do try to talk to talk from my heart because you know having an opinion in this game and having a valued opinion and have people say well you know what this this guy always is consistent with his opinion he always tries to say the right thing and he says what he believes I, I think that goes a long way it, it, it does uh, you know being from the other side of it where I put my name and and, and brand on my Twitter you know I, uh, there was times where I found that that people took a lot of shots at me even when we did well when we did really well they even came out more in full force and I found out that that I could go back and figure out who those people were and I found that there was just a little small handful um, I think people overall on Twitter and social media are fantastic wonderful people like you you know I have a lot of fun listening to you and reading your for example let me read one yesterday I wonder if Mary Lou Whitney is interested in being my sugar mama If you read this, Mary Lou, hit me up. See, that's priceless because, you know, you get all these people that are so serious about, you know, about cash in a bed and that they know everything. And then you come across with one of these tweets and it really kind of refreshes that whole day. Uh, there was a live look at, at you going to Mammoth Park after finding out what your tax return is going to be. A picture of, you know, a, a gif of, uh, of uh, uh, I think it was, uh, what's his name, Forrest Gump running. I, I See... Those are the kind of things that I think Twitter and social media is forgotten about. We all hear about the politics, but, you know, we hear about, uh, you know, all the all the ugliness with that. We hear about all the people fighting about racing. And then you get something like that. That's very refreshing. Have you had people come to you and say, I love your Twitter feed? Yes, I, I have to admit, I, I really do enjoy the, the Twitter, especially the horse racing community. For, for the most part, they, they really are great. Uh, a lot of people like myself like to have fun. I really, I mean, 
I enjoy the game. I love the game. I like having fun. But I also love the discussions. I, I mean, people sometimes to pick something up some, from some really sharp people that make you a better gambler, a better better that helps everybody out along the way. Sometimes somebody will post something and they, they'll have this incredible long shot. And, and you try to pick their brain. Hey, how, how did you get this horse? So, and, and they'll explain it. So I, I really think the community, for the most part, I mean, we all root for each other. And it's great, that camaraderie. We're, we're all in this together. Everybody wants to see everybody do well because we want to keep the game going. You know, nobody wants to, to have people take their money and go home and, and us losing customers. That's not good. We need, we need the betters. We need more people in the game. We need to keep it going. And the and, and, uh, thing that I really believe in is is the ability of of the racing game bringing people together in my experience being in california for the for the 30 years that i was there and having to be in you know the opportunity to go to santa anita and del mar i mean i had the chances to sit with you know with uh, with uh, fergie from uh the black eyed peas and play the races with her i had uh, opportunities of meeting the bank of america vice president and sitting around and, and calling him a friend and joining him and watching the Chargers uh, at, at, at Qualcomm Stadium. I had the opportunity of meeting some great people, being friends with Sean King, who won uh, the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay uh, Bucks, uh, hanging out with Jim Cott, the pitcher. You meet people from all walks of life, all walks of life. Um, and you meet people like you. And I think that's the part of the game that people forget about. And I think with the ADWs and getting people to stay at home and play has definitely hurt that situation as far as being able to branch out. Now, with Mammoth, Mammoth took kind of a few steps backwards. How do you see Mammoth becoming, once again, a, a destination for, for uh, racehorses and, and, and race trackers because of this new uh, sports betting? I just hope now that they have money to give away to the horsemen. I, I hope the purses are there, and if the money is there, I'm hoping they're going to draw more horses, more horsemen, and, and overall just have a better product. What do you think of their product right now? I mean, for a lot of years, I, I used to go to Monmouth, and, you know, I would bet it regardless. And then the last couple of years, I would just not go i mean why should i just go to mammoth to bet belmont or saratoga i could stay home and do it papa bees what would you if you were appointed zara racing today with dental included <laughs> uh what would you the first thing you would do i think we we need some kind of national board governing board I mean, especially the LASIK situation in Santa Anita, which is another story for another time. But I, I mean, we just, for one sport that's trying to grow the game, everybody is on their own page. Everybody has their own agenda. And we, we kind of have to come together as a sport. I mean, races run on top of each other. We're, we're going to have different medication rules, um, different state to state as far as stewards, one track, it's a foul. Another track, it's it's not a foul. As as betters, as gamblers, we, we just want consistency, and and we really don't like change either. But we, we we just want consistency. 
Okay, so that would be you as the Zara Racing. Let's say you have the Zara Racing in front of you, and he says, "Papa Bees, tell me what I need to do." What would you say to him then? Well, pretty much an extension of of what I just said. I, I mean, also we we need to somehow try to I think attract new new fans and more importantly, new betters. And, 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 you know, I got I to gotta bring this up. You know, everybody talks about we need to get new people in the game. You know, uh, the racetracks don't understand that we are their best ambassadors. And we're not talking about Brian Leckie either. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about our own ambassadors. You know, we are their ambassadors. We I, I don't know how many people I've brought to the track and I've given a put the program down and I've given them winners and I brought and then you know what they come back they love the game you can probably say the same story um, if they would entrust their patrons and take care of their patrons and let us be able to do what we do for example I always wondered why not have a, a rewards card like these grocery stores have that you can go in and, and, and if you're, you know, and you keep putting your number in every time you go in and you get perks for it, you get discounts, you get even maybe sometimes you get an extra $20 voucher, you get a racing form, you get a program, uh, maybe you'll get a free invitation uh, to be in the winner circle with the, with the winner of the feature race. Little things like that that can make that player feel being part of something. And, but what's funny is I found that racetracks, as soon as they get that player, as soon as they got you, Papa Bees, to come in the doors for the first time, now they're looking to get somebody else. It's like the grass is always greener. Take well, care of your fans. That's my opinion. I, I agree. I mean, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is, is these racetracks have these big events. And we'll take the, the Belmont Stakes, for example. I, I mean, Belmont, for, for the other... 360-something days a year, 350-something days a year, you support New York Racing, they're thrilled to have you. Hey, come on in, do what you, do what you can. Now Belmont comes, I want to go see a Triple Crown, maybe, and I have to pay a crazy amount for, for a ticket. I, I, I just think on, on these days, you know, let's let's the people that support the sport the entire year, hey, listen, we, we see you put this much through our windows all year. How'd you like to, to come out and, and see a Triple Crown, maybe? Uh, and that's see that's that's the the part of the game that you know that I find that to be um, you know you know what they should do is just sell tickets in advance you know that people can buy tickets for that but then what happens is everybody scalps their tickets for a ton of money and the track doesn't get any yeah um, but if, if I'm if I'm scalping my triple talent, triple crown ticket for five hundred dollars guess what <laughs> four hundred and fifty dollars and I was probably going into the pools that day. And what is the other 50 going for? Maybe a couple of beers. Hey, there you go. There <laughs> you go. Or something. I don't know. Yeah. But no, you're right. I mean, uh, you sit there and you and you kind of talk to people and you get a feel that, that sometimes the people that are making the decisions are not quite horse players. Do you find that true? I, I do think that's true. I mean, so, somebody's... somebody's things we, we talk about the betters talk about and the discussion happened a couple of weeks ago with with like the pick five at Gulfstream where there was a late scratch at the gate and everybody was complaining about the bad favorite they're gonna get things like that need 
should be implemented. It's 2019. The amount of technology we have that you should be able to to put a, a sub pick, an extra pick in case there's a scratch for for a multi leg bet. And and that's been an argument that I have heard since I've been in the game, and I've been in the game professionally since 1985. So yeah, I'm getting a little older, Papa. Uh, but <clears throat> one of the interesting things that I that I find is then when handicappers talk about their handicapping, what kind of handicappers they are. What kind of handicapper are you? The type of handicapper I am today have kind of evolved over the years. When I started, it was just pretty basic exactors. I just would pick three horses and box them. I really didn't know much better. I, I didn't really look for value. I, I looked for prices, but I, I never really figured in the, the value as far as including a, a favorite, a bad favorite, and instead of picking value on top and, and really trying to, to maximize it. But over the years, um, from, from reading message boards and listening to friends, I became a pick-four player and pretty much stuck with that up until they started with, with the 50-cent pick-fives. Now I pretty much just play that exclusively. The pick-five does pay, that's for sure. Um, as far as what kind of handicapper, not only gambling, but what do you use? Do you, are, you a, are you a numbers player? Uh, what, kind of, what, what, what are your tools? I am an old-school, just racing form, old racing form guy. Um, I do like watching replays. Um, I like watching replays not only for the, the bad trips that everybody looks for, the check and steadied and broke slow and was on the dead rail, but I, I like trying to find those horses that maybe just missed with, with the perfect trip that, that'll take a lot of money next time out. And, and, you know, try, try to put a hole in, in those horses and play against those horses. That's good advice. Um, also, I wanted to get your opinion <clears throat> on the situation in California. And the opinion is what I'm looking for is when they do race back in California, how you're going to view California racing. I mean, I, I won't lie. I'm, I'm not a vet. I, I don't know the, the real effects of Lasix. I, I do know horses bleed. I do know Lasix stops it. Um, as far as the situation goes, I, I just don't understand how they come out with the announcement about the Lasix and the no medication the day after Peter is there and the 22nd horse breaks down on a surface that has seen record rainfall the, the entire winter and beginning of spring here. I, I just feel like it's, it's a deflection, and I, I feel like they're, they're catering and caving to an organization that will pretty much stop at nothing to, to try to ban the sport anyway. I mean, let's hope it doesn't happen again, but what happens when the next horse breaks down? <laughs> I, what what are they going to do? So that that that's that's 
are you going to be playing California racing anytime soon? I, I don't think so. I, I really don't. And it's a shame because, well, I won't be playing Santa Anita. When, when they go to Del Mar, uh, I'll play Del Mar. But I, I really don't play Los Al. Um, and, and I will probably sit on the sidelines for a while from Santa Anita. I, I just... I just don't see the, the need to, to jump back into it. I, I want to see what goes on for a while. And that's a great aspect of this whole scenario uh, over this whole situation that I think maybe the powers that be uh, wish uh, they knew a little bit more about. How is the perceptions of the fans? Uh, and will they come back? Having been in California, having lived in California, there's so many other things for people to do uh, that this could be something that could make them just walk away. Now, fi- on a final note, do you have your derby horse yet? Um, I, I, I don't, Bruno. I mean, I kind of usually wait until the couple of days before the derby. I mean, it's, it's still, what are we, March 17th? To, to pick a horse going into Cade, everybody falls in love with horses and then all of a sudden it rains two days before the derby. Their derby horse gets the rail. And then you have to go back to square one. Let's going to be in, in the gate. Let's see what the weather looks like. Let's, you know, because you get to derby week, everybody's working great. Everybody looks great. It's, it's, it's such a crapshoot because most of the time the, the best horse doesn't seem to, to win the derby. I've always. Just because you, you need such horse luck. I've, I've learned one thing over the years that the derby horse finds you. You don't find the derby horse. And I, what I mean by that, they jump off the page at you sometimes. Animal Kingdom was that example to me. Or um, we'll take charge that year, should have won. He was coming along the inside of uh, Orb, turning for home. And at the 316 pole, um, Johnny Velasquez and Verrazano drifted out to the middle of the track and Johnny Court ran right up his butt. I think we'll take charge with about run or that day. And I know for a fact, cause I had a hundred dollars straight exacta box, you know, between those two, yeah, so, and, you know, so, and he was 30 to so one. Many things, so many things change. I mean, always dreaming, got, got a gold rail and they, they couldn't get him. I mean, mind that bird up the rail in, in, in the slop. I mean, it's such a great weekend of, of racing and such a great card of racing. Everybody gets caught up in the derby because it's the big race. But, like, truthfully, I, it's probably, while the value is there because of the 20 horses, I mean, from a handicapping standpoint, everybody has the same PPs. Yeah. So it's pretty much probably the, the, <laughs> the worst handicapping race of, of the weekend just, just because of that. Have you been to the Derby before? I haven't. I, I, it, it's funny because I'm not really big into, like, giant crowds. It's on the bucket list. It's one of those things when the boys get older, I'm sure I'll make it. I, I've been to the Belmont a couple of times. I, I was lucky enough to, to be there last year. Um, you know, I try to get to the Haskell every year. But I'll, I'll, I'll make it to, to the Derby eventually. I'll tell you what's, I mean, what's more enjoyable to me than the derby itself is the week of the derby watching all the horses train and and getting a chance to see them all come in what they look like how they move 
And I find that to be an incredible, incredible rush to, to go there every morning. Usually what I do is on Friday night, I head or Thursday night, I head back down home to Lexington. I sit down and I watch everything on my big screen TV. I get all the great shows. I get everything. And I've done all my work. And, and, and it's really enjoyable. But if I ever recommend anything to you is go Derby Week. Enjoy the Derby card, the, the pre-Derby cards on Wednesday and Thursday. Enjoy Churchill Downs without 150,000 people there. And uh, then go somewhere and watch it on Friday and Saturday. But one more thing uh, to Papa B's has been our guest. You can find him at Papa B's at, on, on Twitter.com. Uh, you, you check out his Twitter feed. You'll have a blast doing it. I have to ask you this. Does Mrs. B's know of your Papa B's Twitter feed? No, she, she doesn't know that. I think I'm a legend in my own mind. <laughs> I, do think, I do think Little B's is on to me. And he actually has a Twitter account, and, and I blocked him. And he actually blocked me from his. And, you know, but I, I'm just hoping he, he keeps it under wraps. So, but, so uh, Mrs. Bees knows nothing of all of this. <laughs> Mrs. Bees knows absolutely nothing of it. And we will end this podcast. A fitting end to the podcast with Papa Bees. And I really thank him for joining me and uh, just giving you a little insight on what fans think. Thank you. Have a great day.